Hello everybody, Ashley Brock here with the next I Am Palmer book, and it's book 26, and if you didn't remember, the last book I did, Alexander, was book 25, so this is the next book right after it. It's, I know it as Jordan, but it has another name as Cattleman's Pride. So, here it is, and I hope you enjoy. So, here is... As soon as I can find the first page. Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Jordan, Chapter 1. Libby Collins couldn't figure out why her stepmother, Janet, had called a real estate agent out to the house. Her father had only been dead for a few weeks. The funeral was so fresh in her mind that she cried herself to sleep at night. Her brother, Kurt, was equally devastated. Riddle Collins had been a strong, happy, intelligent man who never had a serious illness. He had no history of heart trouble, so his death of a massive heart attack had been a real shock. In fact, the Collins' nearest neighbor, rancher Jordan Powell, said it was suspicious, but then and Jordan thought everything was suspicious. He thought the government was building clone soldiers in some underground lab. Libby ran a small hand through her wavy black hair, her light green eyes scanning the horizon for a sight of her brother, but Kurt was probably up to his ears and watching over the births of early spring cattle far in the northern pasture of the Powell Ranch. It was almost April and the heifers, the two-year-old first-time mothers, were beginning to drop their calves right on the schedule. There was little hope that Kurt would show up before the real estate agent left. Around the corner of the house, Libby heard the real estate agent speaking. She moved closer, careful to keep out of sight, to see what was going on. Her father loved his small ranch, and as his children did, it had been in their family almost as long as Jordan Powell's family had owned the Bar P. How long will it take to find a buyer? Janet asked was asking. Can't really say, Mrs. Collins, the man replied, but Jacobsville is growing by leaps and bounds. There are plenty of new families looking for reasonable housing. I think a subdivision here would be perfectly situated, and I can guarantee you that any developer would pay top dollar for it. Subdivision? Surely she must be hearing things. But Janet's next statement put an end to any such suspicion. I want to sell it as soon as possible, Janet confirmed. I have the insurance money in hand. As soon as this sale is made, I'm moving out of the country. County country. Another shattered realization. Why was her stepmother in such a hurry? Her husband of barely nine months had just died, for heaven's sake. I will do what I can, Mrs. Collins, the real estate agent said. But you must understand that the housing market is depressed right now, and I can't guarantee you sell as much as I'd like to. Very well, but keep me informed of your progress, please. Certainly. Libby ran for her, careful not to let herself be seen. Her heart was beating her half to death. She wondered at Janet's lack of emotion when her father died. Now her mind was for unpleasant associations. She stood in the shadows of the front porch until she heard the real estate agent drive away. Janet left immediately therefore, thereafter in her Mercedes. Libby's mind was whirling. She needed help. Fortunately, she knew exactly where to go to get it. She walked down the road toward Jordan Powell's big Spanish-style ranch house. The only transportation Libby had was a pickup truck, which was in the shop today, having a water pump replaced. It was a long walk to the Powell Ranch, but Libby needed fortifying to tackle her stepmother, Jordan was just the person to put steel on her backbone. It took ten minutes to walk to the paved drive 
to the paved driveway that led through white fences to the ranch house, but it took another ten minutes to walk from the end of the driveway to the house. On either side of the fence were dark red-coated Santa Gritas cattle, purebred seed stock, which were the only cattle Jordan kept. One of his bulls was worth over a million dollars. He had a whole separate division that involved artificial insemination in the care of a special unit where sperm was, were kept. Libby had been fascinated to know that a single shot of a bull semen could sell for a thousand dollars or much more if it came from a prized bull who was dead. Jordan so sold those straws to cattle ranchers all over the world. He frequently had visitors from other countries who came to tour his mammoth cattle operation. Like the Trimamine brothers, Side Parks, and a number of other local ranchers, he was heavily into organic ranching. He used no hormones or dangerous pesticides or unnecessary antibiotics on his seed stock, even though they were never sold for beef. The herd sires he kept on the ranch lived in a huge breeding barn as luxury has a modern hotel that was on property just adjacent to the Collins's land. It was so close that they could hear the bowls bellowing from time to time. Jordan was a local success story. This short the sort men liked to tell their young sons about. He started out as a cowboy long before he ever had cattle of his own. He'd grown up the only child of a former debutante and a hobby farmer. His father had married the only child of a wealthy parents who cut her off immediately when she announced her marriage. They left her only the property that Jordan now owned. His father drinking cost him almost everything. When he wasn't drinking, he made a modest living with a few head of cattle. But after the sudden death of Jordan's mother, he withdrew from the world. Jordan was left with a hard decision to make. He took a job as a ranch hand on Duke Wright's partial lit ranch. In his free time, he went the rounds of the professional rodeo circuit. He was a champion bull rider with the belt buckles and the cash to prove it. But instead of spending that cash on good times, he paid off the mortgage that his father had taken on the ranch. Over the years, he added a purebred Santa Gritas bull and barn followed by purebed heifers. He studied genetics with the help of a nearby rancher, retired rancher, and he learned how to buy straws of bull semen and have his heifers artificially inseminated. His breeding program gave him the opportunity to enter his prodigy in competition, which he did. Wards started coming his way, and so did stud feeds for his bull. It had been a long road to prosperity, but he managed it, despite having to cope with an alcoholic father who eventually got behind the wheel of a truck and plowed it into a telephone pole. Jordan was left alone in the world, well, except for women, he sure seemed to have plenty of those to hear Brother Kirk talk. Libby loved the big, dusty, yellow adobe ranch house Jordan had built two years ago with its graceful arches and black rot, black wrought iron grill work. There was a big front fountain in the front yard, courtyard where Jordan kept goldfish and huge koi that came right up out of the water to look at visitors. It even had a pond heater to keep the fish alive all winter. It was a dream of a place. It would have been just right for a family, but everybody said that Jordan Powell would never get married. He liked his freedom too much. She went up the front door and rang the doorbell. She knew how she must look in her mud-stained jeans and faded t-shirt, her boots caked in mud like her denim jacket. She'd been helping the lone part-time worker on their small property pull a calf. It was a dirty business, something her pristine stepmother would never have done. Libby still missed her father. His unexpected death had been a horrible blow to Kurt and Libby, who were only just getting used to riddle, to riddle Collins's 
new wife. No sooner was Riddle buried than Janet fought to get her hands on the quarter of a million dollar insurance policy he left behind, of which he al alone was listed as beneficiary. She started spending money the day the check arrived, with no thought for unpaid bills and Riddle's children. They were healthy and able to work, she reasoned. Besides, they had a roof over their heads, temporarily at least. Janet's long talk with the real estate agent today was disquieting. Riddle's new will, which his children knew nothing about, had given Janet complete and sole ownership of the house, as well as Riddle's com comfortable but not excessive savings account. Whereas Janet said, Kurt was furious. Libby hadn't said anything. She missed her father so much. She felt as if she were still walking around in a daze, and it was almost April. A windy, cold almost April. At that, she thought, feeling the chill, she frowning when the door opened. She jumped involuntary when instead of the maid, Jordan Powell himself opened it. What the hell do you want? He asked him. Your brother's not here. He's supervising some new fencing up on the north property. Well, he asked impatiently, which well, didn't speak to me. I've got things to do, and I'm late already. He was so dashing, she thought probably. He was 32, very tall, lean and muscular, with liquid black eyes and dark, wavy hair. He had a strong, masculine face that was dark from exposure to the sun and big ears and big feet. But he was handsome, too handsome. Are you mute? He persisted, scrowling. She shook her head, sighing. I'm just speechless. You really are this, Jordan. <laughs> she drew. Will you please tell me what you want? <laughs> he grumbled. And if it's a date, you can go right back home. I don't like being chased by women. I know you can't keep your eyes off me, but there's no excuse to come so I saying up to my front door looking for attention. Fat chair, she drawled her green eyes, twinkling up at him. If I want a man, I'll try someone accessible, like a movie star or a billionaire. I said I'm in a hurry, he prompted. Okay, if you don't want to talk to me, she began. He let out an impatient. Come in, then. He muttered, looking past her. Hurry, before you get trampled by the other hopeful women chasing me. That would be a short list, she told him as she went in and waited until he closed the door behind him. You're famous for your bad manners. You aren't even housebroken. I beg your pardon. He said courtly. She grinned at him. Your boots are full of red mud, and so's that fabulous, expensive wool rug you bought back from Mo Morocco. She pointed out. Amy's going to kill you when she sees that. My aunt only lives here when she hasn't got someplace else to go. He pointed out. Translated, that means that she's in hiding. Why are you mad at her this time? She asked. You gave her a long, just suffering stare inside. Well, she wanted to redo my bedroom, but put yellow curtains at the windows. With ruffles, <laughs> spat out the world. She thinks it's too depressing because I like dark wood and beige curtains. <laughs> she slipped in both eyebrows, overlapping it. You could paint the room red. He glared down. I said women chase me, not that I brought them home in buckets. He replied, My mistake. He was the last week Senator Merrill's daughter, and before her, the current Miss Jacobs County. That wasn't my fault, he said hotly. She stood in the middle of the parking lot at the new Japanese place and refused to move. Unless I let her come home with me. Then <laughs> he grinned. She shook her head. You're impossible. Come on, come on. What do you want? He looked at his one. I've got to meet your brother at the old line cabin in 30 minutes to help look over those pregnant heifers. He looked at an eyebrow and his eyes began to shimmer. <laughs> they ran up and down or something. Maybe I could do you justice in 15 minutes. She shook a pose. Nobody's sticking me in between roundup and supper. She informed me. Besides, I'm abstaining indefinitely. He put a hand over her. As God is my witness, I never asked your brother to tell you that Bill Pine had a social disease. <laughs> I am not sweet on Bill Pine, she retorted. You were going to Houston with him to a concert that wasn't being given that night, and I knew that Bill had an apartment and a bad reputation with women. 
replied with clenched lips. So I just happened to mention to one of my cow hands, who was standing beside your brother, that Bill Pine had a social disease. She was a guest, just standing there gaping at his insolence. Kurt had been very angry about her, except on a date with a rich blonde Bill, who was far above them in social rank. Bill had been a client of Blake Kelp's, where he noticed Libby and started flirting with her. After Kurt had told her what he overheard about Bill, she canceled the date. She was glad she did. Later, she learned that Bill had made a bet with one of his pals that he could get Libby anytime he wanted her, despite her standoffish pose. Of course, I don't have any social diseases. Social diseases. Jordan said his deep voice dropping an octave. Checked his watch again. Now it's down to ten minutes. If we hurry. She threw up her hands. Listen, I can't possibly be seduced today. I've got to go to the grocery store. What I came to tell you is that Janet's on the property to a developer. He wants to put a subdivision on it. Janet, a what? He's put a subdivision next door to my breeding barn. His eyes begin to like hell she will. Great. He want to stop her, too. Do you have some strong rope? This is serious. He played around. What the hell is she doing? Selling your whole mouth from under you. Surely Riddle didn't leave her the works. What about you and Kurt? She says you're... She says we're young and can support ourselves. She said, fighting back frustration and fury. He didn't say anything. His silence was elegant. I shouted. She's not a victim to you. You go talk to Kep. I work for Mr. Kep. Sure, my name is wrong. Which begs the question... Why aren't you at work? She said, Mr. Kep's gone to a bar association conference in Florida, she explained. Said I could have two vacation days while he's gone, since Mabel and Violet were going to be there in case the attorney covering his practice needed anything. She lied. I don't get much time off. Indeed you don't. Blake Kelp is a busy attorney for a town the size of Jacobsville. You do a lot of legwork for him, too, don't you? <laughs> she nodded. It's part of a paralegal job. I've learned a lot. <laughs> Enough to tempt you to go to law school. She's like, no, not that much. A history degree is enough, not to mention the paralegal training. I've had all the education I want. She frowned thoughtfully. You know, I did think about teaching adult education classes and I Your father was well to do, he pointed out. He had he had a coin collection worth half a million, didn't he? We thought so. But we couldn't find them. I suppose he sold them to buy that Mercedes Janet is driving. She said someone He loves you and Kurt. She had to fight tears. He wrote a new will just after he married her, leaving everything to her, she said simply. She said she had it, it all in his safe deposit box, along with the pass book to his big savings account, which her name was on it as well as his. The way it was set up, that account belonged to her, so there was no legal problem with it. Daddy didn't leave us a penny. There's something fishy going on here. He said, thinking a lot. Sounds like it, I guess. But Daddy gave everything to her. That was his decision to make, not ours. He was crazy about her. Jordan Luke murders. Has the will gone through probate yet? To sugar. She said she'd given it to an attorney. It's pending. You know the law even better than I do. This isn't right. You should get a lawyer, Hippie. Get Kep, in fact, and have him investigate her. There's something not right about this, Libby. Your father was the healthiest man I ever knew. He never had any symptoms of heart trouble. Well, I thought that, too, and so did Kurt. She sighed, glancing down the elegant blue and rose carpet in her ice cream. He was really crazy about her, though. Maybe he just didn't think we'd need much. I know he loved us. She choked back a sob. It was still fresh. The grief Jordan sighed and pulled her close against his tall power of her body. His arms were warm and comforting. As he goes, why don't you just cry, Libby? He asked you. It does help. She sniffed into his shoulder. It smelled nice. She had a pleasant detergent smell. 
Do you ever cry? Bite your tongue, woman. He said over to him. What would happen to the ranch if I sat down and bawled every time something went wrong? Tears won't come out of Persian carpet. You just ask my aunt. She laughed softly, even through the tears. He was a comforting sort of man, and it was surprising because he had a quick temper and an arrogance that put most people's back up at first meeting. So that's why you tell yell at your cowboy, so you won't cry. So you won't cry? Works for me. He chuckled passion. Feel better. She nodded, smiled through tears. She wiped them away with a paper towel. She tucked in her cheek. Thanks. What are prospected lovers for? Yeah, smiling wickedly and laughing out loud when she flushed. You stop corrupting me, you bad influence. I said nothing corrupting. I just gave advance notice of bad intentions. He laughed at her expression. At least it stopped the cascading waterfalls. He added, tongue her cheek as he glanced the tear tracks down her cheek. Those weren't tears, she mumbled. It was due, she held a hand. I feel it falling again. Talk to Cap, he reiterated, not adding that he was going to do the same. If she's got a new will and a conditional sign, con condosol sign, make her prove it. Don't let her shove you off your own land without a fight. I guess I could ask to see it, she agreed. Then she wants, I hate arguments. I hate fights. I'll remember that the next time you come chasing after me. He promised she shook her head. And potently turned around. Hey. She glanced at him over. Let me know what you find out. He said, I'm in this too. I can't manage a subdivision right near my barn. I can't have a lot of commotion around those beautiful Santa Grits. It stresses them out too much. It would cost a fortune to tear down that barn and stick it closer to the house. A lawsuit, lawsuit would be cheaper. There's an idea. She said, take her to court. For what? Trying to sell property? That's rich. Just trying to help us both out, she said. He glanced at what five minutes left, and even I'm not that good. He had a pity. If you hadn't kept keeping, if you haven't kept running your mouth, but now we could have. You hush, Jordan, pal, she shouted him. Honesty of all the blatant, arrogant, sex crave richers in Texas. She was still mumbling as she went out the door, but when she was out of sight, he, she grinned. He was a tonic. That night, Janet didn't say a word about any real estate deal. She ate a little light supper that Libby had prepared, and usually without any complaints. Compliments about it. When are you going back to work? She asked Libby irritably. Her dyed blonde hair and expensive hairdo, her trendy silk shell and embroidered jeans making her new, marking her new well. It can't be good for you to lie around here all day. Kurt, who was almost the mirror image of his sister, except for his height and powerful frame, glared at the woman. Excuse me, since when did you do any housework or cooking around here? Libby's done both since she turned 13. Don't you speak to me that way, Janice said Holly. I can throw you out any time I like. I own everything. You don't own... You don't own the property until that will goes through probate. Libby replied sweetly, shocked at her own boldness. She never talked that way to the woman before. You can produce it, I hope, because you're going to have to. You don't get the property yet. Maybe not even later, if everything isn't in perfect order. You've been talking to that ranger again, haven't you? Janet demanded. That damn pal, man. He's so suspicious about everything. Your father had a heart attack. He's dead. He left everything to me. What else do you want? She raged standing. Libby stood to her face. Proof! I want proof, and you better have it before you start making any deals with developers about selling Daddy's land. Janice started. The developers? I heard you this afternoon with the real estate agent, Louis said with an apologetic glance at her brother, who looked shocked. Janet told him, You're trying to sell our ranch, and Daddy hasn't even been dead a month. Kurt stood up. He looked even more formidable than Louis. Before you make any attempt to sell this land, you're going to need a lawyer, Janet. 
He said in that slow, cold drawl that made cowhands move faster. How are you going to afford one, Kurt, dear? She asked sarcastically. You just work for wages. Oh, Jordan will loan us the money, Libby said confidently. Trina's highly expressed She threw down an apple. You need cooking lessons, she said. This food is terrible. I've got to make some phone calls. She stormed out of the room. Libby and Kurt sat back now. Both angry. Libby explained about the real estate agent's visit and what she'd overheard. Kurt had only just come in when Libby had put the spaghetti and garlic bread on the table. It was Kurt's favorite food, and his sister made it very well. He thought, despite Janice's snippy comments, she's not selling this place well. There's breath left in my body. He told us this. Anyway, she can't do that until the will is probated, and she better have a legitimate will. Jordan said we needed to get Mr. Cap to take a look at it. She said, and I think we're going to need a handwriting expert to take a look, too. He nodded. But what are we going to do about money to file suit? Yes, I was bluffing about Jordan loading us the money. I don't know if he will do it. He's not going to want a subdivision or a doorstep. I'll tell you that, Chris. I'll talk to him. I already did. She said, surprise him. He thinks there's something fishing going on, too. You can't get much past Jordan. I've been working myself dead trying not to think about losing Dad. I should have paid more attention to what was going on here. I've been grieving, too, she sighed and folded her small hands on the tablecloth. Isn't it amazing how snippy she is now that Daddy's not here? She was all over us like poison ivy before he died. She married him for what he had, Libby. He said, she seemed to love him. She came on to me the night they came back from the Cancun honeymoon. He said bitterly. Libby whispered. Her brother was a very attractive man. Their father, a sweet and charming man, had been overweight and balding. She could understand why Janet... Might have referred Kurt to his father. I slapped her down hard, and Dad never knew. How could he marry something like that? He was flattered by all the attention she gave him, I guess, Libby said miserably. And now here we are. I bet she sweet-talked him into changing that will. He would have done anything for her, you know that. He was crazy in love with her. He might have actually written us out of it, Kurt. We have to accept that. <laughs> Not until they can prove to me that it wasn't forged, he said suddenly. I'm not giving up our inheritance without a fight. Neither are you. He turned and she said, Okay, big brother, what do you want to do? When do you get back to work? Monday, Mr. Kep's out of town. Okay, Monday, you make an appointment for both of us to sit down with him and hash this out. She felt better already. Okay, she said, really. I'll do that very thing. Maybe we can have a chance of keeping Daddy's ranch. You know, there's always hope. He leaned back and shared. So you went to see Jordan? He smiled on Jordan. I can remember a time not so long ago when you ran and hid from him. He always seemed to be yelling at somebody. I was intimidated by him, especially when I graduated from high school. I had a sort of a crush on him. I was scared to death he noticed. Not that he was ever around here that much. She had a laughing. He and Daddy had a fight a week over water rights. Dad usually lost, too. Kurt recalled. He studied his sister with affection. You know, I thought maybe Jordan was sweet on you himself. He's only eight years older than you. He's never been sweet on me, she flashed at him, blushing fiercely. He's hardly even smiled at me in all the years we've lived here until the past few months. If anything, he usually treats me like a contagious virus. Kurt only smiled. He looked very much like her, with the same dark wavy hair and the same green eyes. He picks at you, he teases you, he makes you laugh. You do the same thing to him. People beside me have noticed. He bristles if anyone says anything unkind about you. Their eyes went, who's been saying unkind things about me, <laughs> she asked. That assistant store manager over at Lord's department store. Oh, Sherry King. She leaned back in her chair. She can't help it, you know. She was crazy about Duke Wright, and he wanted to take me to the cattleman's ball. I wouldn't go. 
And he didn't ask anybody else. I feel sorry for Duke's not your sort of man, he replied. He's a mixer. Nobody in Jacobsville has been in more brawls, he said. Boston. Well, maybe Leo Hart has. Leo Hart got married. He won't be brawling out of Shay's Roadhouse and Bar anymore. Duke's not likely to get married again. His wife took their five-year-old son to New York City, where her new job is. He says she doesn't even look after the little boy. She's too busy trying to get a promotion. The child stays with her sister while she jets all over the world, closing real estate deals. It's a new world, Libby pointed out. Women are competing with men for their choice jobs now. They have to move around to get a promotion. Kurt's eyes now. Maybe they should get promotions before they get pregnant. He said impatiently. She said, Accidents happen. No child of mine is ever going to be an accident. Kurt said firmly. Nice to be so superior, she teased eyes twinkling. Never to make mistakes, he swiped at her with an napkin. You don't even stick your toes in the water, so don't lecture me about drowning, she chuckled. I'm sensible, I am, she retorted. None of this aghasts for me. I'll just do my routine job and keep my nose out of emotional entanglements, she studied her curse. You go through life avoiding any risks, don't you, honey? He mused. He moved uh, one shoulder wrestling. Daddy and Mama fight all the time, remember? She said, I swore I'd never get myself into a fix like that. She told me that she and Daddy were so happy when they first met, when they first married. Then six months later, she was pregnant with you. They couldn't manage one pleasant meal together without shouting. She shook her head. That means you can't trust emotions. It's better to use your brain when you think about marrying somebody. Love is sticky, she concluded. And it causes insanity. I'm sure of it. Why don't you ask Kep if that's why he stayed single so long? He's in his mid-thirties, isn't he? And he never even been engaged. Who'd put up with him? She asked honestly. Now there's a mixer for you, she said enthusiastically. He actually threw another lawyer out of the front door and onto the sidewalk last month. Good thing there was a welcome mat there. It sort of broke the guy's fall. What did he want? Kurt asked. She shook her I have no idea, but I don't expect him to be a repeat client. Kirk chuckled. I see what you mean. Libby went to bed early that night without another word to Janet. She knew that anything she said would be too much, but she did miss her father, and she couldn't believe that he wouldn't have mentioned Libby and Kurt in his will. He did love them. She knew he did. She thought about Jordan Powell, too, and about Kurt's remark that he thought Jordan was sweet on her. She tingled all over at the thought, but that wasn't going to happen. She assured herself Jordan was gorgeous, and he could have his pick of pretty women. And Libby Collins would be his last resort. The world wasn't ending yet, so she was out of the running. She rolled over, closed her eyes, and went to sleep. End of chapter one.